0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined by Susan Bradley from News Talks. It's all relative podcast and Daniel Murray, political correspondent at the Business Post. And Daniel was kept locked in the Business Post yesterday, squirreling away producing copies. So Patrick's Day happened and he didn't even get to see it. But Susan, did you get to look at a parade?
1: No, I didn't oh, actually. No, no. I, I, I find I've three kids, so. We were going to have a quick look uh, and go into the city centre, but my daughter broke her leg. So we jumped on the dart and went to Dunleary and just kind of...
0: You don't don't broke her leg yesterday?
1: No, no, two or three. I was thinking you were very
0: relaxed about the situation if it had happened that soon.
1: (laughs) No, she was meant to be in the swords parade doing Irish dancing, but we couldn't do that, obviously, because she's in a boot. But what we did was we literally jumped on the dart, went over and kind of hung out as a family. But what I did like was kind of seeing everybody in all their green and kind of making a bit of an effort. Um, but we completely kept away from Dublin 1, 2.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the green. I, I, really? was, I got locked in the centre of town yesterday because I was in uh, broadcasting in the morning and whatever way they'd cordoned off, it was impossible to get a vehicle out of the area that we're now in. So I ended up just doing circles, <laughs> desperately trying to escape the centre of the city. But I got to look. There was a lot of nylon leprechaun hats, like whatever about green. Do we not draw the line of nylon leprechaun hats?
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's one thing maybe for the tourists coming over here and wearing that stuff, but I suspect there might have been a lot of Irish people also wearing those kind of outfits as well, which is unforgivable. (laughs) Um, Look, I may may have been locked in the business post yesterday, but just like you, Anton, I felt the impact of the parade trying to circumnavigate the city uh, to get around the parade that was happening in the middle of the day. And uh, anybody that got home late last night would have seen, of course, on the news, the parades that happened all around the country and kind of incredible creativity that went into many of the floats um, so look, it's always a bit of crack and there's always, um, there's always a bit of fun to these things. Uh, the, the, in particular, I think of, of note was this float. I think it might have been in Mayo, the Enoch Burke float. Did anybody see this?
1: Absolutely hilarious. I love the Irish sense of humour, you know, trying to kind of make something funny out of something that's, you know, very topical at the moment.
0: Well, this is where they built a high court on a float. Yeah.
2: They did. Uh, so there was a High Court uh, building uh, on the back of this large float. Uh, there was the members of the Burke family uh, tussling with Angarda Connor. We should
0: say people pretending to be members of the Burke family of just for course, the sake of, of course.
2: Of uh, course. And then being thrown off of uh, the back of the float. So very funny. And look, it's something that the Irish people are great at, is that kind of wit. And it often happens around Halloween as well, where very topical uh, costumes will, will be dreamed up. So um, look, it was great fun. And it's in keeping as well with, with traditions of interesting floats like I remember a number of years ago after do you remember Joan Burton fell off the canoe during the floods and there was a Paddy's Day shortly after that and that was one of the floats was uh, you know uh, a person being dragged down in, in a canoe dressed up as Joan Burton and then I think one that won a prize a couple of years ago as well was I remember these builders in New York who built the Rockefeller Center sitting on the steel beam so there's a float that went down one of these Paddy's Day parades and it had a number of fellas sat on the steel beam recreating clever. the photograph. Yeah. so so very very clever they
1: are they're really really kind of clued in aren't they trying to kind of Capitalize on what's going on at the moment, you know.
2: You mentioned
0: though the uh, Enoch Burke or the Burke family um, parody float. Interestingly, the Burke family, in in sort of by proxy, make the front of the Irish Independent because Susan, um, they mm. punish them. Is quoted as saying the headline is "Homeschooling Risks Isolation." And the Examiner quotes him talking about the situation that uh, with the Burke family, and he says that he doesn't want to find it patronizing, but he finds it sad and disquieting that they find themselves the situation they find themselves. And he seems to be drawing an illusion that in some way homeschooling is responsible.
1: I think it's really unfortunate with his use of wording that he used the word sad there. I think maybe he was caught in the hot, but he should be professionally, you know, ready to use the right terminology. So I'm not surprised that there has been a response back. But in terms of the actual topic itself. It's all about the benefits of school versus home, you know, homeschooling. For me personally, I think the small things are the big things when it comes to schooling. Um, Again, I have three kids, walk them to school. I see it every day when I'm walking my kids to school. These amazing teenagers who choose to stand out short hair, female girls who want to be different, for example. I think your sense of self becomes so much more apparent when you're mixing with your peers. Even my little youngsters might be lashing rain, oh, mom, can we take the car? Absolutely not. Throw on the jacket, we're (laughs) going to walk.
0: Jam jars, (laughs) bread and dripping, (laughs) barefoot through fields, make them tough, Susan. isn't it? Resilience. Well, this goes to what the, the Thornish has said. He was quoted saying I don't want to comment too much but I think it does speak to the importance of socialisation particularly in education. The idea that people should be educated in schools. I'm not a great fan of homeschooling. I think children need to socialise. You can almost hear Daniel the people who have decided to homeschool their kids getting irate at the notion of the Thornish saying that.
2: Yeah, and look, drawing a direct link between um, the behaviour of the Burke family, as we saw in recent weeks in in the courts, uh, and homeschooling um, may be a stretch, but you can see the point that he's trying to make, that socialisation is, is is important. And the problem, of course, is that maybe homeschooling in, in the public imagination is very much associate, associated almost with that kind of movie um, like version of it, of you know, fundamentalist kind of religious uh, associations uh, with it. So um, that may be part of the link that he's drawing there and there's already been a backlash from, from, from uh, people who do homeschool their kids and of course since the pandemic there has been a boom in, in homeschooling as well so there's a lot more people who are doing this people who have health concerns about sending uh, their children in, in, into school I think there's been a 25% growth in the number of people homeschooled since uh, the pandemic so a lot of people I assume
0: who, the total numbers are still relatively low
2: they are it's close to 2,000 are the official numbers now some people argue it's, it's maybe double that is, is the unofficial it's more numbers. than I
0: would have expected I mean I know my percentage is very small but the fact that there's two or three thousand people who are homeschooled is more than I would have thought.
2: It's still a significant enough amount of people to get annoyed by the tarnished comments yeah. uh, anyway. Um. So. Um. But you can also see the the, the point of what the to was saying. You'd have to imagine that that schooling, you know, half of it is education, and the other half of it is is the social uh, benefits of, of schooling and, and mixing with your peers. So, although
0: an interesting text to five three one zero uh, six saying no religious indoctrination with homeschooling, which I assume must be an issue for some parents. If you're in an area where the local national school is of a almost certainly a Catholic bent I was going to say religious but in Ireland it's likely to be Catholic and you want to avoid that homeschooling may be the only chance if you're in a rural area
1: I think it's the one and only kind of contentious issue possibly for children you know of parents who have very kind of strong beliefs but if they look Anton if they want to go to a particular school you kind of have to take the good with the bad right Um, what Daniel was saying is you know the 50-50 side of things completely agree with you it's all about yard sagas getting over the tiffs the squabbles even the uniform do you know have you got a clean uniform no I don't want to wear my uniform you absolutely have to do but
0: I bet that parents for homeschool kids are typically You can do that. You can create those kind of environments through extracurricular activities. They can be involved in the GAA. They can do speech and drama. They can play football. There's loads of ways to mix with kids that doesn't require formalised education.
1: Maybe sitting in a a classroom format, waiting, having to wait to speak, you know, listening to somebody who's not a parent. Something different. The boundaries really build and develop those personalities I think.
2: Yeah and look the you know the people who do engage in homeschooling they would say that they have meetups and that they do have their own social uh, outlets but you do have to imagine that there's a difference between that and on a daily basis having to mix you know sometimes with hundreds uh, of peers your own age older uh, and and younger and the benefits that that has both in terms of adversity but then also in terms of friendships as well so um, you can see the point that the Tawnish is getting at it just might be a bit of a stretch to be linked yeah the Burke saga uh, uh,
0: to it. Can I go to a a news breaking today that uh, I don't know what your reaction both will be but I I find it faintly worrying which is the reports that the International Criminal Court has issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin for war crimes and has accused him of personal responsibility for the abduction of children from Ukraine. Whatever about the relative merits of the arrest warrant um, first of all I assume it is an entirely moot exercise because there is no chance that it will ever be served but by God it fairly ramps up the tension around the whole area doesn't it?
2: Well it is very significant um, and some people are already arguing that look oh he's never going to face trial, so it's kind of a pointless exercise as you say but the possible impact on on the war is significant because the chances of a diplomatic solution now lessen um, considering that Putin maybe arguably was already a, a, a pariah internationally but this really does make him legally a pariah internationally and it's probably not the end of the charges that are going to come from the International Criminal Court um, either. So it does. It ramps up that pressure. It possibly makes Putin double down, um, you know, on his position. Um, so the chances of a negotiated settlement, which some people are are, are calling for, um, lessen. So you'd have to imagine that that makes things dangerous. In terms of the possibility that there'll ever be a court case, you know, it seems low, certainly in the short to medium term. But it is possible in the longer term. Um, and this does make Putin legally an international pariah. Um, for the rest of his life that does a couple of things it increases pressure internally possibly to topple him inside in Russia if there is a successor to Putin at some stage it increases pressure to hand him over if that successor wants to rebuild relations with the international uh, uh, community and it means that Putin I think there's 123 signatories to the international criminal court Um, they're all countries that Putin can no longer visit
0: Does it also not back him into a corner? Because one of the things that is always believed about the transfer of power from Boris Yeltsin to Uh, Putin when it did occur was that part of what facilitated that was guarantees from Putin to Yeltsin that Yeltsin would be able to retire in peace and be to some extent protected if Putin knows that by giving up power he puts himself in in the possible um, uh, target of an international arrest warrant by God he's fairly incentivized not to shift
2: well, certainly, um, but on the flip side of that, it increases pressures, whatever those pressures might be internally, to topple Putin and in the years to come, if anybody wants to rebuild relations between Russia and the rest of the world, which you would hope would happen in the next you know, couple of decades, it increase, increases pressure on them to hand him over. So there's two sides to this, I think in the short term, it's a negative thing in terms of any kind of a diplomatic outcome or solution settlement uh, to this war, um, but possibly you could see Putin stand trial, um, you know, maybe not in the next two to three to four years. But in the next next decade or two, it is it is possible.
0: It's amazing to think we're here a year on. Like if you said when the war started, Mm. would we be at this point where it isn't even that we are, you know, it took us a year to get to a resolution or to um, to get to a victory. It took a year on. There is no sign of much in the way of progress at all.
1: It's unbelievable that it actually has been a year and it's heartbreaking to remember this time last year when we saw those horrific scenes with, you know, with, with the Ukraine and so many Ukrainians are here now in Ireland. Um, I, I think just going back to what Daniel said, I think what I've taken from this is the only thing I can see while he's safe, Putin's safe now uh, from extradition, a future Kremlin leader might actually decide, you know what, it's a better option for, to protect us to actually get rid of them and send them to The Hague, so we'll see
0: final thing before we uh, wrap up uh, a slightly quirky one uh, I think it's it's fairly close out your oh, way so you would know about it Ireland's only rooftop swimming pool this is a public rooftop swimming pool is to close after more than 50 this is a bit sad isn't it it sounds very glamorous doesn't it It's a uh, rooftop pool nice.
1: I, I, do you know what I've never been I'm aware of it but I have never been I think I've never
0: been but I have a friend <laughs> who has been and says it's very nice this is the, <laughs> sorry I should explain this is the rooftop swimming pool in the Northside shopping centre yes. in Kulak which at the time when it was built was revolutionary there was a swimming pool on the roof
2: how cool is that i mean <laughs> I, I had visions of an infinity pool here i presume that's not what we're talking about <laughs>
1: nonetheless <laughs> it's a swimming pool <laughs> on the roof anton you and i both haven't been so i think that kind of something you know well, we
0: still have time to, uh, to reverse that susan I'll, I'll pick you up on the way home
1: <laughs> look i think um yeah the, the the article is all about you know um developing a new pool and i think i really welcome that idea i think uh the country's
0: What's crying it's not gonna be on the roof no, but that's okay. No, it's like Concord. It's when you've reached the zenith of modern technology and then the wave breaks and rolls back, and you think, how were we able to put a swimming pool in the roof 50 years ago? And can't do it now.
1: I think they'll have two more people, you and I, if it's on the ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Susan Bradley from News Talks, it's all relative, and Daniel Murray, political correspondent with the Business Post. Thank you both very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.